There comes a time in everyone's life when talk is cheap and it's time to show up. To get back to the top and build a legacy. If we grind together, we can take it back. Our team and our city. This is why we play. This is who we do it for. Take it back. For tickets, go to astros.com slash tickets or call 1-877-9-ASTROS. Greetings from Angel Stadium of Anaheim in Anaheim, California, where today the Houston Astros play the third game of a four-game series against the Los Angeles Angels. Astros have dropped the first two games of this series, including a 7-2 loss yesterday. Tyler White, three hits, drove in two runs. Yuli Gurriel, also a three-hit game with a double and a run scored. But the Astros have dropped four of their last six games, while the Angels have won five in a row. Astros 59 and 37, first in the AL West, four and a half games ahead of Oakland. Angels 50 and 46. They are fourth in the West, nine games behind the Astros. It's time for today's pitching matchup brought to you by Houston Methodist, the official health care provider for the Houston Astros, Houston Methodist leading medicine. Garrett Cole on the mound for the Astros today. And first of all, has to be a bit of a relief that the Astros aren't starting an opener like yeah. they have the last couple of days, but also one of the best starters in baseball. Yeah, get back to a little bit of normalcy. I mean, it's been rough watching the, these two games uh, here in Anaheim. It, starting with the opener, it just hasn't gotten off to a, a good start for the Astros, and they've been playing, trying to play catch-up the entire time. Uh, Cole's always going to give you a great effort. He has 15 quality starts out of his 20 so far this year. So expect more of the same, especially when you're talking about the innings part. The Astros need innings. And uh, if you can get back to Presley and Osuna for the last couple of innings, uh, with Cole maybe going seven, that's just perfect. It certainly would be perfect. Meanwhile, Felix Pena was close to perfect his last time out going for the Angels. Seven no-hit innings, walked a batter in his last start Friday against Seattle, part of a combined no-hitter. And he hasn't started a game since it's April 19th. He's always followed an opener since then. But, hey, you, you're part of a combined no-hitter. You yeah. get to start your own game. That's yeah, what's happening. Take the kid gloves uh, off after an outing like that. He was he was great in that game, and he can be great uh, when he doesn't nibble. You know, sometimes he starts falling behind, and then it has to come into hitters because he picks so much early in the count, and uh, the hitter gets into a much more favorable count. Uh, for him, though, his slider is his best pitch. That's his put-away pitch. Uh, so you're trying to just kind of manipulate the counts, kind of get a, a gauge on how his control is early on. But the Astros, whenever they face pitchers that, that, that kind of come in and tap dance early in the count, they're going to make them, you know, they'll be patient and, and make them get back over the plate. Keys to the game brought to you by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals on all models. Official sponsor of the Houston Astros. Well, you look at the way things have started for the Astros in the second half. Losers of four of six. Obviously haven't been playing very good baseball. And there are several reasons for that. One thing that certainly jumps out, how they've been hitting with runners in scoring position. Four straight games double digits runners left on base and four for 26 in this series with runners in scoring position. Yeah, you know what? I mean, you just keep giving yourself opportunities. Uh, so far this year, they're 21st uh, in Major League Baseball with runners in scoring position after finishing second best in baseball the year before. So and the personnel hasn't changed a whole lot. As a matter of fact, that you got Brantley, who's actually doing a nice job on your team now. So it, it, it goes to figure like it should be better than it was last year. So maybe some of the hitters getting off to a slow start in that category have begun to press. Coming up next, we'll go into the manager's office and talk with A.J. Hanch, manager show presented by Waste Management. And a little later, we'll hear from Astros catcher Max Stassi. But now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that goodbye. And it'll land 
Mysteries Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford Bach? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. How about the Houston Astros? Now, a visit with the manager. Brought to you by Waste Management for environmental solutions that deliver economical savings. Go to thinkgreen.com. Welcome back to Astro Launch, everybody. This is Steve Sparks with A.J. Hinch before the third game with the Angels. And, A.J., I wanted to talk to you about an award given to Jake Marizic yesterday. He was the recipient of the Heart and Hustle Award. Number one, what does that mean to you, and how does Jake, you know, pers- personify that award? Yeah, you know, it's an important award. I mean, the MLB alumni do a great job of staying connected with today's players and, and certainly can can bring some attention to, to well-deserving players around the league. And for us, you know, Jake Marizic getting this award and really embodies the passion, the heart, the hustle, everything that, that you think of. When you think of Jake Marizic, it kind of describes this award. I mean, everything you do on the field, team first mentality, kind of leave it all out in the field, the passion for the game. It represents us so well. Um, a perfect guy to, to give the award to uh, because he's unheralded. He's not a, a name that everybody goes to right away when you think of the Astros. He's a, um, you know, sometimes a backup player. He, but, but yet every time he comes in, we see a diving catch. We see him run into the wall. We see him rob a home run. We see him dive head first into second base and steal a base. There's uh, there's so much contribution that he brings that I think him getting the recognition he deserves is is pretty awesome. And he was a big central figure in the game yesterday with the with the bean ball uh, going down to first base. And I was just going to get your take on how you felt he handled the whole situation. You know, I thought he handled it great. I mean, he probably handled it the best of anybody on the field. Mm-hmm. And then and and given if you were at the game or you could hear through the. Um, through the broadcast, it was it was nasty. They yeah. were they booed him every time he got on onto the field. Every time a ball went to center field, they uh, were screaming pretty poor things over the dugout. So I, for him to maintain his composure, um, hang in there, get a couple singles, he steals a base, mm-hmm. he gets beaned, uh, and keep his composure and keep his dignity up. I thought it was incredible. So I commend him for the for the professionalism that he's shown, for the remorse that he's shown in the incident from a couple weeks ago, and. Um, you know, he rises above this this chaos that can sometimes happen on the field when when teams get mad at each other. And then he kind of capped it off, and he was the peacemaker, wasn't he? He was. I mean, when, whenever you know there was a little bit of talk from our dugout to the field, and yeah. pools came over, and Jake was was adamant that he didn't want anything. He wants this to go away. Like he doesn't. He's not proud to be associated with this. Nobody wanted Lacroix injured. We certainly don't want to get into a beanball right. war with with guys throwing baseballs at each other and. Um, Jake showed, you know, first-class response to a to an unfortunate incident. I know you watch very closely your players and Jordan Alvarez with some kind of different swings the last couple of games. So he's out of the lineup today. Is that what you saw? Yeah. Well, he's chased a lot of pitches in the last couple of games, and and even dating back to the last game in Texas, there I can see him starting to expand the strike zone a little bit. He doesn't look comfortable. I think his timing's a little bit uh, messy right now. His 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 body language is telling me that he's a little bit. Uh, pressing, I guess, and, okay. and just trying to do too much. I know he hits in the middle of our order. So a, um, a day off is good for him mentally, physically. Um, he'll get some work in the cage with Alex Cintron and, and Troy Snicker, and, and he'll get back in there tomorrow. 
We've seen a lot of hot stretches with Yuli Gurriel, but maybe none is as hot as he is right now. Power numbers aside, but just quality at bats all, all the way through. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, as much as you want to talk about the homers, and, and we should, because it's, I mean, a crazy pace that he's been on the last mm -hmm. month. It's, it's really his at bats as a whole. It's his ability to, uh, the single down to left, the single to right center, the, um, the bullet to the gap. I mean, there's, <clears throat> there's been a lot of it about the walks that he's had, yeah. that that he, where he's showing an all-around understanding of the quality of at bats, and that that to me is. Uh, is why he's been different the last month or so is uh, very few first pitch outs, very few soft contact outs. He's pretty locked in his at-bats, and he's been super productive. Well, much more familiar names in the rotation coming up for the, for the next three days. And after a couple of openers, you need some length uh, out of your starter, and Garrett Cole's the perfect guy for you. He is, and he's going to pitch with an edge. You know, we're in Southern California. He lives here in the offseason. He was born and raised here. and came to the Angels games as a as a fan growing up and and it's it's always fun when to see guys dial it up a little bit and that's that's just normal people let alone Garrett Cole who right. can dial it up to uh, to 100 and, and and he knows that we need to jump on his back a little bit tonight he needs to carry the workload we need him to pitch deep into the games you know he can be the starter and the closer tonight if he's efficient with his pitches um, and you know it feels like we need a win and which I mean every game you try to win but this you know we this last series against Texas we lose the first two we win the second two and we feel pretty good about the series this is the same opportunity now that starts with Cole on the mound all right, A.J. Hinch, thanks for catching up. You Back with more Astro Lunch right after this. Come join the team. Be a part of the Astros Buddies Club, presented by BBVA Compass. Kids 12 and under can sign up to be a member of the exclusive club. Members get four tickets to select Astros games, a Buddies backpack, socks, and an Astros hat for just $30. Show your Astros pride at home, at school, and at the ballpark. Get your membership today by visiting astros.com slash buddies. Astros baseball. Take it back. Armatero set at the belt. Now the 1-0. That's chopped up the third baseline. Backhanded by Gurriel. It's just fair, and he'll throw across in plenty of time. And Armateros has a 1-2-3 inning. He's retired nine in a row, and we're through five innings in Anaheim. Welcome back. Robert Ford joined by Astros catcher Max Stassi. Got the start last night and you know, got a chance to, to catch Rogelio Armenteros, who was making just his, his third big league appearance and uh, you know came in and, and did a pretty good job, I thought, over his four innings. When you have a young pitcher like that, how do you try to, to guide them to the game? I imagine it starts even before they get out on the mound. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he did a phenomenal job, and you know, I've got a little bit of a relationship with him. I've caught him in AAA previously, probably five or six outings. So I kind of understood his stuff and, and what it did. And, you know, he did a phenomenal job. Uh, he helped us out big time there. And, and uh, you know, I think he's got a, got a chance to be pretty decent. And uh, he, uh, he's, a, he's a really good pitcher. You know, obviously a rough start in that game for Hector Rondon, the opener, you know, giving up the six runs and, and an inning of work. Of course, the mound visit rule has changed over the last couple of years. Has that affected, like in situations like that, when you might go out and how often you might go out when a, when a pitcher is struggling? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, um, you know, you have to manage those. But, you know, also AJ, he tells us, like, you know, if you need to use it, use it. Like, yeah. so just, you know, kind of be a little smart about it and, just know the situation if it's right or you know if, if you don't think it's a good time to go out there because um, those are pretty valuable you know especially late in the game if you know Strami needs to come out and say something but you know they're limited to a certain amount of visits it, it makes it tough so but uh yeah just for the most part just you know use them wisely 
Last year was, I mean, you had gotten plenty of big league time, you know, sporadically over the, the few years previous to last year. But last year, up in the big leagues pretty much all year, got into 88 games. That was a career high for you. What did you learn about yourself and really about your body after playing a, a full big league season for the first time? Yeah, I learned a lot. Um, it was special being there with Brian McCann. You know, he was a guy that I grew up watching and to be able to, you know, share the catching duties with him. It was pretty special. You know, he helped me out tremendously, and he taught me endless amounts of stuff, and I'll forever be thankful for that guy. He's a lifelong friend and somebody I always communicate with and, and uh, know that he's in my corner. So it's it was special being there with him, and, you know, he, he taught me everything, you know, how to take care of your body, how to, you know, night game, day game. You know, I did that for the first time in the big leagues and, and uh, just how to work with the staff, how to get better, how to, you know, talk to people. Like, it's a... There's a lot that goes on as a catcher. I mean, you got the manager, pitching coach, hitting coach, uh, your fellow teammates. So there's a lot of conversations going on, and he just really helped me out there. Brian McCann, I mean, when you'd see him in the clubhouse, seemed like really loose, kind of carefree guy. But when you see him on the field, completely different, all business once he gets between that white line. Did you notice that as well, playing with him? Oh, 100%. Yeah, he, he would flip the switch, you know, about 15, 20 minutes before the game. You know, he's mm-hmm. – he's, uh, you know, he's a, he's a jokester. I mean, the guy's having fun, keeping it light. Just that's 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 what you need, you know, in the clubhouse. And, and uh, just a phenomenal leader. And I've never seen somebody so respected amongst his peers. And, you know, from, from clubhouse staff to the coaching staff to pretty much everyone, the fans. And uh, his presence was was pretty incredible. So he uh, he's, he's a special guy. You mentioned having watched Brian McCann while you were growing up. Who are some of the catchers, or were there any catchers that you really paid a lot of attention to when you were growing up, catching uh, pretty much your, your whole life, right? Yeah, I looked at uh, Pudge Rodriguez a lot, you know, similar frame. Um, yeah, he was a guy that I always kind of looked at. You know, Kurt Suzuki, he was there in, in uh, Oakland when I first got drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, the, mainly like those two guys. I looked at a lot of guys that had similar body types, and, and Pudge was always – Kind of my go-to guy, though. Not not a not a bad guy to pick. How much of an influence, not just on you as a catcher, but a, as a baseball player, was your your dad, who was your high school baseball coach and, and played a little bit of pro ball? Yeah, he was uh, everything. I mean, he was uh, the biggest influence I've ever had. Uh, he, uh, you know, taught me everything. He never forced us to do anything. He said, hey, if you guys want to play baseball, it's fine with me. You do whatever you want. And... and uh, but we always wanted to be out there. And he was a high school coach, so we'd go there when we were younger and spend a lot of time with him at, at the field. And he just he taught us everything, play hard, do things the right way, and, you know, respect the game. So that's something that still to this day my brother and I strive to do and my younger brother did when he played. And, and uh, yeah, just having a lot of fun out there. Did you play any other sports growing up or was it always baseball? Uh, I played a, a bunch of different sports. Uh, I played basketball, football, soccer, um, baseball, obviously, but you know, we we did it all. My brothers and I we were always active. At some points, it was three different teams, so my parents had their hands full, like on Saturdays for soccer. So, very thankful for everything that they've done for us, and and uh, those are special times. Max Dassey, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Back with more of Astro Launch right after this. Big drives, dramatic putts, and great fun with friends. Tickets for the 2019 Houston Open are on sale now. Ticket options for this year's event held at the Golf Club of Houston on October 7th through 13th 
include daily general admission tickets, week-long tickets, and premium ticket packages. Make your plans now to take part in one of the PGA Tour's premier events. Visit HoustonOpenGolf.com to find tickets and all the info on this year's event. Come for the golf. Stay for the party. The Houston Colt 45s were not supposed to be a respectable team. The rules of the expansion draft were set up to make them and the New York Mets teams with no chances to shock the world. The established teams all had a chance to protect the players who might have made a difference if the Colt 45s and New York Mets had a chance to select them. General Manager Paul Richards of the Colt 45s focused on pitching, solid defensive play, and speed. His first choice in the expansion draft, shortstop Eddie Brassoud, was traded quickly to Boston for for shortstop Don Budden, but Budden was gone on waivers by the end of that first season. Richards drafted Bob Aspermati, Dick Farrell, Hal Smith, and Al Spangler, and they all became mainstays of the new Houston team. Another of his initial draft choices was right-handed pitcher Jim Umbright. Umbright was a native of Chicago who began his pro career with Milwaukee. Pittsburgh purchased him in 1959. The Colt 45s purchased Umbright in the 1961 expansion draft for $50,000. Umbright was one of the top relief pitchers in the National League when they began play in 1962, finishing 4-0 with a 2.01 ERA. Umbright got a milestone strikeout for the fledgling Colt 45s at the end of 1962, their 1,000th as a team with Gene Elston at the mic. 1-2 count. Outfield is pretty well straight away here for Philippe Alou. Shade just a little bit around the right side. Umbright checks the scoreboard now in center field. Giants are leading 10-0 with two outs here in the eighth. Killer on first. Here's the one and two pitch. There's a foul ball. Got away. Nope, he missed it. Throw to first base. There's the strikeout. That's the 1,000th strikeout by Houston pitching this year as Philippe Alou goes down on strikes. This is the only the uh, second ball club in Major League history. The 45s become the second ball club in Major League history to strike out 1,000 batters in a season. The only other club that has done it, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and they have done it on four occasions. In spring training 1963, Umbright was playing golf when he noticed pain in his leg. He rolled up his pants leg and found a lump on his leg. GM Paul Richards, his playing partner, was shocked at the sight of it. A doctor's exam revealed that the lump was cancerous and malignant. In March of 1963, doctors removed the cancerous mass in a six-and-a-half-hour surgery. Two months later, Umbright was back on the mound pitching with 100 stitches in his body. Unfortunately, the cancer returned after Umbright pitched well, going 4-3 and three with a 2.61 ERA in 1963. Umbright knew he didn't have long to live, telling his teammates in a phone call that he wanted to reach opening day alive. That didn't happen. Jim died April 8th at age 33, five days before Ken Johnson pitched the opener. Umbright's ashes were scattered from an airplane over the Astrodome construction site adjacent to temporary Colt Stadium. Jim's brother Ed said the Astrodome is Jim's headstone. Jim's uniform number 32 was the first to be retired by the Colt 45s on opening day 1965 at the Astrodome. The team MVP award became the Jim Umbright Award. We have the example of his kindness and understanding toward others to guide us in our actions as we progress through life, said Jim's teammate, the Reverend Russ Kammerer, who delivered the eulogy at his funeral. Number 32 stands with the retired numbers today as a symbol of the qualities of Jim Umbright's life. Jim Umbright is a member of the 2019 Astros Hall of Fame inaugural class presented by Houston Methodist. There comes a time in everyone's life when talk is cheap and it's time to show up. To get back to the top and build a legacy. If we grind together, we can take it back. Our team. And our city. 
This is why we play. This is who we do it for. Take it back. For tickets, go to astros.com slash tickets or call 1-877-9ASTROS.